All right. Good evening and welcome to Project Cycling. And it is Warnable weekend for the Melbourne Warnable. So we're here with uh, Damo Cotter, Trent Carmen, and myself, Ben. And we are joined by Kane Richards and Daniela DiFrancesco. Um, yeah, how are you guys? Yeah, going good. Going good. So just trying to re- recover and get ready for a silly long bike race on the weekend. So fingers crossed all goes well. Yeah, and um, for those who are not aware, um, the Melbourne Warnable is the longest race um, in Australia. It's the oldest race in Australia and also the second oldest race in the world, um, a grand total of 267 Ks. Um, and it's a pretty pretty special race um, and kind of leads to the question, what what makes it so cool for you, Kane? Um, well, it's just... Being such a long race and having a race, like it's not quite in, it's like in our backyard being in Australia, but obviously it's in Melbourne and we're in Queensland, but being close for us and having the opportunity to race in such a long and fairly prestigious race is awesome. Um, well, obviously everyone doesn't have that opportunity, but for us to have that, it's great. So yeah, it's one of, it's one of my favourite races, so um, looking forward to partaking again and trying to go better than I did last time and see where we end up. Yeah. Cause I mean, for me, like one of the things that makes it such a cool race is, um, is it is pretty open. Like it's not like the grafted in rail where, you know, you turn up and realistically there's probably only 10 guys who are genuinely, um, ready and capable of winning. Um, but the warning, like, yeah. 11 this year. Yeah, 11, 11 now, Damo's racing. Um, <laughs> but um, no, like the warning's pretty, due to the nature of the course, like it is pretty flat and weather dependent. Um, I find most of the time you turn up. like It leaves the, the door open for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty open. Um, and, and like, I don't know, how many times have you raced it? I've raced it once. So, yeah, okay. But... It wasn't my best attempt, but uh, yeah, because yeah. it is like it, it can vary so year to year. Because I know the, the first year I raced it, it was just like a slow death march into a headwind for nearly it was just under eight hours in the front group, and then the cool. next year was like six hours 15. Um, yeah, it like it can be really, really dependent on what the weather's doing. I suppose that's what we spoke about before, wasn't it? Like it's a you know. Each year, it's going to suit a different style of rider as opposed to something like Grafton Inbrell, which is a bit more consistent in that it normally suits a specific type of rider. You, you know, you spoke about that door being wide open for anyone to win it year to year. Yeah, those long open roads, crosswinds. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a very exposed area to race. Yeah, and being so long and the the course being so similar for so long too, it it, it leaves different opportunities open too where it's like Grafton you've got the climb and then you've got the extra couple of climbs towards the end which are quite key benchmark places to the race whereas Warnie's a lot more consistent so you can it, there's so many different options for people to go with um, to try and get their advantage to win I'm still a bit hung up like you go we're very lucky to have this race in our backyard and yes, you said we're in Queensland and obviously that's in Melbourne. There's people in Europe who would have to cover 42 countries to get to Melbourne. So yeah. it's, not, it's not really in our backyard. <laughs> it's close enough. 
couple of hours flight. <laughs> you get used to travelling in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And this year, you've not long um, gone over to Mayo CCN Continental, so you're riding with them this year. Is this your, your first season with them? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, it's my first season with the boys, so looking forward to it. I was a bit, little bit disappointed that we couldn't get overseas already. Like, we had a fairly uh, fairly crazy calendar book. Like, we had um, 65 confirmed race days internationally, um, plus we had eight weeks in Belgium, booked um so we had a house and a car booked over there and then there were other races which weren't yet confirmed but we'd um applied to race them so there was heaps going but just with covid and the expense mainly the expense of coming home um and then also just not having that guarantee of the races that we were doing uh, main, mainly in asia tour um just actually being on um so going over there and you might line up two or three races but then if two or two of them get cancelled and you're only going over for one, it sort of makes it hard for the team to fund that trip um, when it's going to cost them between two and 3000 per rider to come home. Yeah, and I suppose that you see at the moment too, you know, with what's happening, happening globally with COVID, yeah, yeah. You, can under, you can understand teams and the government and everyone and individuals taking all the precautions necessary because it's, you know, it's out of control in some places. It's crazy yeah. times. So, Yeah. So what, what are you guys from a team perspective then? You're heading down for this weekend. How many of you are racing it for um, for Mayo? Uh, so we've got four of us going down this weekend, so a little bit of a reduced team. Um, Kirby's gone back over to New Zealand, uh, so he's preparing for the Olympics for the track. Um, so we'll have myself, Bailey, Sam and Brad. So, so the four of us will be going down. That's a pretty tidy little little quartet though. Um yeah, no, it's good. It's it's small but strong. I think we'll have. We sh- I'm hoping if we've got numbers towards the end, we'll be just as strong. But obviously, it is hard to compete with the teams who are going there with seven strong riders. Um, but that's all right. Hopefully, we can fly a little bit under the radar and start playing when we got 50 k's left. Yeah, well, I just thought that kind of leads into um, the main point that I think a lot of people who haven't raced the Warney. Um, especially in the, in the like, NRS category. Um, it's a pretty uh, unusual race um, in the sense that there's basically two tactics um, or approaches to the race, and that's you spend the first half trying to get in the winning move or the winning split, um, which is normally a good between eight and 20 guys. Um, and, and then from that point on, that generally just blows out and then it becomes a race against amongst those guys for the finish, um, which, which that kind of what you said is, is, is pretty key. Like get, getting good guys into that move is cause it's, it's hard to do because everyone knows that the brakes breaks key. Um, so it is essentially um, between three and four hours of trying to get into the break um, before yeah. you can settle in. And that just ties you that long taxing, three hours of trying to get into a break it's easy to to get carried away not eat not drink and then you get towards the back end of the race find yourself running out of gas and that um that's the other thing too it can be just a race of attrition and nutrition as opposed to actual fitness too because if you forget to eat once you go over that sort of breaking point it's uh it's pretty hard to come back from it so if you get carried away and 
aren't eating and aren't staying hydrated and you end up start cramping or having issues, you, you're pushing it uphill to get back. So, And with your like race nutrition, well, um, and this is a question for Danielle, for those who don't know, is also a dietitian. So, and you know, Kane follows what she says to the, to the, to the tea. <laughs> She's um, sorting him out. <laughs> What's your thoughts? Are you um, about eating like real foods or are you just on the gels all day or? you have any um any just, tips uh whatever works for you um something that's got fast acting carbohydrates um i personally like the cliff shot locks something to chew on but kane likes the sis gels like everyone's different as long as you're getting those carbs in um as kane says staying on top of it 30 to 60 grams every hour um, as well as your electrolytes um but yeah it's all individual whatever works for you what would you kind of recommend in like the morning before the race? And even for anybody listening, if they've got a big event coming up, if it's a three peaks ride or a grand fondo that they're kind of tackling, what would you recommend to fuel before a big event? Um, the morning of like, again, it's like individual, whatever works for you, whatever sits well in your stomach. Um, and it depends what time you're racing as well. Like how long you've got before the race to eat um if it's quite early then you want something that's just going to sit well in your tummy like just toast with some honey on it or something like that uh if you got a few hours then get a solid meal in like some porridge just really high carb foods like porridge um kane likes sweet bakes <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like um toast with banana and honey on it so just really carb rich foods just asking for a friend, but is a healthy snack for dinner a tub of Greek yogurt, an ice cream sandwich, and a bag of pretzels? Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't eaten the pretzels yet, but I've got them just over there out of you. <laughs> well, I mean, we all, ice cream's a staple. You can't really go wrong with that. That's right. It's got, got all the food categories, mate. It's on the pyramid. Yeah. Well, well I, I, I must admit. Are asking I, me I, or Danny? I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a difference of opinion. but <laughs> Very nutritious. <laughs> well, I, I did get some wise nutritional advice from my first uh, team director when I, when I first got to Europe. And it was that because ice cream's so cold um, and your core temperature is so hot that it's, it's, it's neutral calories because your body has to work so hard to digest it. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure yes. you're both advocates of that, that, that method. Oh, yeah. <laughs> science. It's just science right there. Eat ice cream. Okay. So we've established very quickly that we uh, know nothing about nutrition. So just um, you know, back over to Denny for that. So, <laughs> so I suppose just to give um, a, a bit of context and I suppose, well, not a bit of context, but a question. On those longer rides, then, from, and this question for both of you, I know personally I like to try to eat um, those solid foods or natural foods at least for the first part until I, I feel like there's a point in time where my body really can't handle that anymore and I have to have to switch to something like a gel or, you know, more liquid base. Um, do you have a similar sort of take on that or do you experience something similar? Yeah, I always try. I, I rarely train on gels. Um, I'll normally only make a conscious effort sort of getting close to a race just to make sure my body's used to having them because the last thing you want is to go and start smashing gels down while you're racing and then get sick. 
because you can't take that form of carb. So I'll normally only eat things like sandwiches, bananas, muesli bars, uh, maybe shop blocks, um, things like that when I'm training. Um, and then when I'm racing, then I'll start, I'll always start trying to eat solids. And I find as soon as I go from solids to liquids or gels, I don't go, I can't go back. So I'll, for as long as I can eat solid food, whether yeah, it's bananas, sandwich, uh, the shop blocks, a good one, even snakes, I'll eat the volley snakes. Um, but yeah, once I go to gels, then I can't go back. And normally it's because the race starts to get too intense and you can't, you don't really have time to sit up and be like, hey, boys, can you just chill out for a sec? I just need to have some food. So <laughs> you, the gels go down a lot faster. And, the, and I like the SIS ones because you don't have to have them with water either. You can, they're a lot easier. Yeah, they're pretty easy to smash down those SIS, those isotonic yeah. sort of ones. Yeah. That no, is the so issue I find with some of the gels. You have to drink a litre of water after you have a gel, yeah. which doesn't yeah. help when you're in the middle of a race trying to. Save your water, probably. Yeah, <laughs> you oh, run, you, run you, low, you can't feed anymore. You got a gel, and then you yeah. all sticky. And uh, yeah. what about yourself, Danny? Do you have a similar sort of uh, feeding feeding regime in those longer races, or or what's yeah, yeah, um, yeah? I don't train with gels or shot blocks, um, as Kane said. Like I use muesli bars, bananas. This morning I had an LCM bar, just <laughs> whatever's in there. <laughs> One of Kane's actually. <laughs> whatever's in the drawer that... it doesn't look impressed now he knows where that's going <laughs> <laughs> just whatever's in the drawer that's really high carb um lollies as saint Payne said just make up my own little lolly bags because it's an instant hit of carbs um but yeah in races i just stick to the as Kane said like you don't have time to be unpeeling wrappers yeah. and bananas and things like that so and yeah. do you aim for you know once again a question for both of you do you aim for a certain sort of carbohydrate intake you know, per hour, like you hear terms like 60 to 90 grams per hour. Is that something you guys work on as well? Yeah, um, 30 to 60 and then anything long back in the race that you're about to do um, up towards the 90 grams per hour. So that's going to be a couple of gels at least, <laughs> probably three gels an hour. Yeah, cool. I've, I've just discovered I don't eat enough. So <laughs> <laughs> It is hard to eat enough. A lot of the time, I always forget how much I know. I normally have to sit down at the start of the race and work out what I'm eating and then add it up in my head of what I'm. So, normally, it's like if I'm having shop blocks, I'll have to have half a pack of the shop blocks either every 30 minutes with the gel and then obviously some electrolyte as well, or sort of do the math on what food I've planned on having that race. But yeah, sometimes when you set it all out and you've got all the food there before you start, you're like, oh, this is. Yeah, I remember like before last year's warning, I think I, I weighed out and I had like almost two kilos worth of food on the table. Um, I sit, yeah, doing the same thing. So sitting looking at that thinking, there's no way I'm going to get through that. Totally not. Yeah. I just left the bike shop. I was like, oh, I'll grab like 10. No, I'll get 15 gels just to make sure I've got all bases covered. I'm looking at them in this massive bundle like, Surely not. Surely I'm not going to have to eat all of this. <laughs> no. And and then, lo and behold, six hours later, I was asking you for a gel. I think I think it was you I was asking for. I was asking someone. <laughs> uh, uh, so I suppose um, moving along, we've turned this into a nutrition podcast. <laughs> but um, obviously, like we spoke about, um, Kane yourself racing morning this weekend, and we also know Danny, you're, you're not doing this. You're prepping for Grafton. 
Um, in regards to, you're obviously one of Australia's elite level uh, female racers. You're racing at the top of top of your game. What's your take on you know? To be honest, Melbourne Waterball doesn't have a, a, a doesn't appear to have a great female participation. Um, definitely not at the NRS sort of level. What's your thoughts on maybe? Is there an opportunity there to grow that or improve that and maybe to showcase and highlight women racing at the elite level a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't know really who's entered or anything like that, but I know that the women's race isn't as, um, uh, what would you say? Cool. Yeah, it's not full or, I don't know, put out there on social media as the men's race is. So, um, like, yeah, they should definitely try and get it out there a little bit more because, I mean, there's some good female competitors in Australia. Um, why not, like, showcase their abilities and um, show what they can do, like, especially with, like, grafting, like, reducing the, the distance. Um, I know apparently it's because of logistics or something, but um, we definitely can do the distance. <laughs> we definitely can do the distance if you've done the training, so... Um, uh, it'd be good if they can get it out there a little bit more. Yeah, because I, I did actually check the start list and I think there's roughly 250 men racing and like 12 to 14 of them are women. Um, of the men oh, are women. Yeah. Well, of the 250 <laughs> people at the start. Controversy. <laughs> yeah. It's just a whole category, man. Just, yeah. <laughs> just open a whole other can of worms. <laughs> Yeah, and look, I, I raised this off. Um, I said this off air because I, um, as we started chatting earlier, I got on my bit of a rant, and you know, I've got three daughters, and I, you know, they're all into sport, and it, it sort of saddens me a little bit and makes me a little bit, um, you know, upset that it doesn't seem to be. Well, there isn't anywhere near the emphasis placed on women's sport across the board, but definitely that's the case in cycling, and I'm seeing that as I've become a latecomer to cycling. Um, I see it. It's very stark to me. I see it. Um, I know you both got triathlete, uh, triathlon backgrounds where it seems mm. to be that women in triathlon is, is showcased mm. as, as fairly, I don't know if equally, but very much showcased a lot better than it is at the national level of road cycling. So I definitely hope to see that improve. Yeah, I definitely did notice that coming from triathlon. It's quite equal in triathlon. Um, but yeah, like these big events, like these long ones, it's very male dominant. Like you don't hear much about the females. I know there's always a smaller field in um, cycling um, with the women's, but they can still get it out there. Um, mm. It's one of those things. What came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, you have a smaller yeah. field, so you don't promote it as heavily, but then you don't promote yeah. it, you don't get the participation. Yeah, exactly. So I think yeah. somebody's got to take the lead on that and really just start driving women's sport. Um, women's cycling and really and promote it better than what they are. To, that's my yeah. honest opinion. What yeah, do you mean the sure. power call in Melbourne, the Warnable NRS Classic with the women's support race isn't equal? Yeah. It, sounds, yeah. it sounds the same to me. Yeah. What even is the support race? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah that, was, that was the second part of my rant when I read that. I started blowing up. Like, what, what is this? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't um, understand. But, yeah, I, I suppose, like I said, I might be a little bit biased because having daughters myself, I'm very passionate about you know, juniors and very passionate about, um, you know, them having the same opportunities that everyone else gets. And I just don't see it, to be honest. Yeah. I think we can do better. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just go take a sharp left-hand turn 
um, bring it and bring us back oh, to yeah. the. Will we lose Damo when he goes on the full blown <laughs> rant? Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna straight up ask you, Kane. Like, how are you feeling leading into this? Because I know, um, back when the sort of original date um, for the COVID um, for Melbourne Warnable was um, postponed because of COVID, um, you were just tearing legs off um, around that February, January, February time time of year. Are you you're still hanging on to some of that sweet form? Yeah, going good. Um, I'd say I'm going better than I was then. I've had more training. I'm training with Kirby now. Um, so Jordan's my coach. So we've changed things up a bit. Um, and I've got a lot more structured training um, as opposed to before. And so it's been great. I'm loving it. Um, so, but yeah, I think. Um, as far as then, I've lost a few kilos compared to back then. So um, I'm down to 84, 85 kilos as opposed to the 87, 88 uh, where I was um, for like nationals time. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. And you're obviously off the back of some pretty good form too. We saw you in the Sizzling Summer Series up here where you dominated all three rounds. I know it's obviously you know massively different style of event, but... You definitely seem to be dominating across the board at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and no, I'm really enjoying riding at the moment. Um, I also I was working full time, um, so my actual my trade is um, telecommunications. So I'm a rigger by trade. So I build the mobile phone towers and the conspiracy network as the five yeah. G. Um, yeah, so COVID <laughs> network. So, so you I'm, cause I'm, the COVID. <laughs> so I build COVID. Yeah. <laughs> So, but I've had, I've taken a step back from that. Um, I'm just working in the bike shop down the road from my place, uh, Mike's Bikes. So I work there three days a week and then I've got the rest of the, the week to train and um, it's made a massive difference just not having a full-time job and having to work on trying to fit my training around work, which was hard and there'd be a lot of gaps and inconsistencies. So now that I've actually been able to put some good solid weeks together um i've noticed a massive difference um in my training and ability so it'd be good to i was really looking forward to warnable last time when it got cancelled so um looking forward to it now now that i've even had another few weeks to to put together beforehand so now we've got warnable and then grafton uh, and then back up here for metros so three solid races coming up um, as long as no surprises pop up in the next couple of weeks so that they get cancelled. But really looking forward to getting to some real real racing. So, yeah. oh, We're excited to, obviously excited to watch you uh, compete and coming up too. So it's going to be some exciting racing to, to spectate, hopefully, as well. Yeah. Look, fingers crossed. So, so how, um, how long are you planning on kind of, sounds like you're going all in on the NRS and you're cycling. Do you have a, yeah. you know, you just go on for a few months, 12 months? Do you have a time frame or are you just going to see how it goes, you know, race by race? Um, I'm hoping to get back overseas. So um, where the latest update was September, we might be heading to Tour of Taiwan, um, but that's just loose, sort of organised at the moment. Um, and then we're also planning uh, 2022 season, so hopefully – restrictions ease a little bit then so but for now the only real calendar that we've got that's relatively concrete to do is the Australian domestic and NRS series so that's what we're sort of just riding just to sort of tick along and 
keep going until we can get back to racing UCI and get those bigger opportunities to perform and hopefully impress someone. It does make it harder when you've kind of got to juggle between, do you work full-time? Do you work part-time? How much do you invest? So it would be good if you can. I mean, Australia is just, there's no, there's not much money here for cycling. So you do really need to get overseas. But what about you, Danielle? Like you've got Grafton coming up. What are your plans moving forward? Um, yeah, just the like Queensland series, uh, metros. Uh, apart from that, I don't really have much plans ahead of that. You're, just really, my you're really looking forward to doing, because the specialised women's team, they've got invites to uh, Cadell's. So they do, usually their summer racing is fairly stacked. So they'll do Cadell's, um, Tour Down Under, um, What's that? There's one other one, a national. So it's usually the four at the start of the year, and they get invites to that. So you get to race the world tour girls. So that was you're looking forward to doing that. But then obviously they got cancelled. So the tour down under turned into just an NRS race. So hopefully they're on next year and we'll get to have a go at them. Yeah. So um Danielle, we just spoke to Kane briefly about, you know, he said he's obviously stepping back from working as much and oh, yeah semi-unemployed let's be honest if you're working at a bike shop but (laughs) (laughs) but you're obviously juggling a a career as well and um how do you find that training working around a a schedule a busy busy career as well and how are you traveling coming into grafton yeah well i'm self-employed um i work in a private practice within pogo physio um so my hours are quite flexible um i get to choose them so um yeah i just work around my races and my training so I've got plenty of time to fit in on my training um and leaning into Grafton yeah I've been getting in a fair bit of training trying to hold Kane's wheel um but yeah my work definitely doesn't get in the way of my training which is really good oh it's good to be able to have some sort of flexibility to work around obviously pursuing a passion and also being able to maintain a career that's that's um yeah you're lucky yeah yeah, definitely, especially coming straight out of uni um, and doing what I always wanted to do, working in private practice, so I was pretty lucky. Yeah, um, that's, that's awesome. And I was just uh, back on the topic of the race. Um, it is worth noting for those at home uh, that there, I, as far as I'm aware, there is still going to be the um, live stream of the yeah, it's on SBS Cycling Central's Facebook page um, and it's around the last hour and a half to two hours, they said, um, which I'd start checking out the Facebook around midday. Um, that should should sort of yeah, probably jump on and get it you know, beforehand and like the page and I'm sure they'll you normally get a notification when it's going to be broadcast. So, yeah. Um, and just on the, on the topic of the race as well, um, for those who are watching, it is a pretty interesting sprint um, to tune in and watch. Uh, like the, it doesn't matter whether there's you know three or four guys cruising in together or, or, or a good proper bunch coming in. That sprint up Raglan Parade's pretty brutal. Um, cameras don't it's do up, it justice, but it's, it's a good. Too, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a good five six hundred meter uphill sprint, um, and it is. I don't know. There's the laws of physics sort of get broken when you turn into that finish straight. Cause it looks like it's about 400 meters long, but
but it is it's almost a kilometre from the last turn. So um, uh, it's 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 insane the amount of people who turn into the finish and think, "Hell yeah, I've got this! I'm going to belt them all and start their sprint," and then realise they've started 600 to go. Um, and going too early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and nothing like sprinting on. 270k legs, yeah. battling crosswinds. Yeah. <laughs> Just to blow up by going 400 meters too early. <laughs> no, but like in, in all seriousness, every, um, almost everyone who has won it um, in the interviews afterwards say that they were in the same position, you know, three, four, five years earlier and went to early, botched it, and had to come back a second time to, to get it right. Um, and it kind of plays into that that notion that it is, I genuinely believe it's the hardest race to win in Australia. Well, there you go, Kane. There's a, a little tip for you. Keep that in your sleeve, mate. Just, and, uh, you know, if you find yourself at the end, don't go early. Think of the project cycling podcast and, you know, hold off. Don't go early. All go super early. early. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a fine line. Don't go super early, but not too late. Just early enough. <laughs> Don't listen to them, Kane. I believe in you. Hundred Ks out. Put your head down. Just sprint for hundred Ks. Yeah. Be good. <laughs> oh, also, obviously, thank you. Know, thanks very much for coming on today. We really appreciate both of your time. It's been fantastic, and we'd love to have you on again sometime in the future. And um, good luck, Kane, for this weekend. You know, thank you. We're going to be all tuning in back back home and and watching and. Hopefully our uh, listeners also tune in and watch you and, and yeah, hopefully you have a fantastic result. That'd be great to see. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks heaps for having us. It's been great. And obviously it's only, what, 10 days away, according to my, according to my training picks calendar, Danielle, and then Grafton to Inverell. So, yeah. Um, once again, I don't know if that's going to be broadcast, actually. We'll have to look into that. But uh, we, I think we plan on coming down. Um, well, I'm coming down. Ben's coming down. I don't know about Trent. I think he's sucking it and has to work or some rubbish. But, um, uh-huh. yeah, we're going to come down and, and a couple of us are racing, but also we might see you there and hopefully uh, hopefully we can see you on the podium or something and uh, maybe get a, oh, a post-race nice. interview with you. Have a post-race yeah, interview, yeah. All right, well, thanks again. And, um, yeah, hopefully thanks, catch well. up with you very shortly. Cheers. Thanks, guys. See you. Thank you. See you. Thanks.